analysis. Tonight, tonight. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh, is that your song? Who sings that song? Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And this is Claire. This is episode 97. And we are here again with Lisa and Natalia. Hi. Hi. Hey there. So We're happy to be here. They're back. Hi. This is the what, third, third time for you and second time for you? That is correct. The real I doctor. Think it's the Wait, fourth time. The fourth for time me. for you. Fourth time third for Lisa. Third time for Natalia. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. How could you forget? You're right. How could I forget? You guys are officially <laughs> regulars on the podcast. Okay. Congratulations. You get a button. Hi, kitty. Thank you so much. So there's a kitty in here. Meowing. We have. Yeah, I know. Sorry. We left okay. the door open so that maybe animals featured tonight. All right. They might have body image stuff, too. You never <laughs> yes, know. They do. They definitely have. She is issues. staring in the mirror. Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> there she goes. So tonight we're talking about. Well, this week we're talking on the podcast. We, uh, you guys have a ton of questions, first of all. So we just like need to dive right into it. Um, we want to cover everything from body image. And you guys work at a. I can't say the name. What, what do you want to say? Inpatient In- eating disorder clinic? Correct. Check it out. Natalia okay. is a registered dietitian. Lisa is a licensed clinical social worker. And so they work with eating disorder patients day in, day out. So they know really, truly in-depth what's going on in this world. So we always have such a good response when you guys write us questions. Um, because really, talk more about this. We So many people think that you have to have a huge problem an acute problem to be inpatient um to really have an eating disorder but we were just talking um, before we hit record about how so many of us have disordered eating i'll get her she's fine <laughs> and um we're bonding <laughs> yeah. and um how we all kind of struggle with this on a lot of people struggle with this so talk more about that while i move my cat you take it away. You want me to take it away? Um, well, I think there's a couple things. Um, the, the one thing is Natalia and I have both wor- have worked at inpatient residential partial levels of care. We've done outpatient work. Um, at least, I mean, I have, you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've seen kind of all ends of the spectrum of eating disorders, disordered eating, body image distortion. Um, so we've kind of seen the whole the whole gamut. And I think every time we've come here, we always kind of want to say a disclaimer because we want to respect your listening community that um, a lot of people who work out and eat healthy don't have eating disorders yeah. or, just eating, or disordered eating habits. And I want to make sure that we're appealing to, to those people as well. Um, and we also see all levels of disordered eating and um, kind of rigid thinking in terms of, of eating habits and patterns that we want what's to be healthy, able to speak What's healthy, what's not healthy, et cetera. Yes. There you go. You know, like type in. Okay. okay. I don't know if that answered your original question. Yeah, it does answer my question. <laughs> okay. But I think, too, of like, I, anyway, let's just dive into some questions. That, that you, don't I, have, you don't have to have, like, a medical problem in order for this to, for this to qualify right. for you. And, but at the same time, just because you have certain ha- – like, that you don't just eat whatever you see doesn't mean you have an eating disorder. Correct. And I think, too, like, kind of what brought us here was we were talking about this eating challenge, right? And I think sometimes when we do these – um, 21 day or eating challenges or accountability eating challenges, we can bring out some disordered eating patterns totally. and also there may not be any disordered eating patterns. So we want to be mindful of both. Very good. So let's start with our first question. Oh, you know what? No, I want to jump into the no. freaking squatty potty. Oh, oh my gosh. We need the squatty potty. <laughs> Wait, have you experienced you, yeah. the squatty potty? Oh yeah. Our friends in Moab have a squatty potty. Tell me more about that. It's the best. You just poop right away. Did you, did it have good results? Yeah. So, I, okay. Also, I have a lot of experience of pooping in the woods. I was just so okay. So yeah, yeah. we talked about this before. Talked about when this. we came in, I I'm said the squatty potty this. is all about camp pooping. Yeah. When you go camping and you get into that position, it just, it just comes right out. It's very smooth, easy. You're one with nature. And I feel like the squatty potty is just trying to replicate that. It's similar, although it's different because you aren't weighting your feet. Right. Weight, it's, waiting. You're your not feet? putting weight oh, in your okay. feet. Oh, I see. What I, you're saying. I thought you. Yeah. I pictured you in the river. <laughs> I did you're too. I was waiting. like, no, no, no. We, you're what? not putting the weight in your feet, like because okay. if you're sure, literally squatting, you're you know your all your weight is in your feet. If you're on the squatty potty, it just brings your knees up. Right. Yeah, but it still helps. So and it's more comfortable. Okay. So I was because a listener asked about this of is it worth buying and do we need it? Is it worth buying? I'll ask you, Claire. I don't know how 
how expensive it is. $26. I was about to say, I would pay like up to maybe 30 bucks for that thing. Oh, oh you would? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. It basically, it's basically just like a very specifically shaped step stool. Mm. That's pretty much what it, what the, Oh, you've never seen one. Oh, no, we I, Googled it today at work. Okay. We were like, what is this? So okay. I, yeah, our friends in Moab have one and it just like, it sits around the base of your toilet so you can push it back and kind of, oh, I just mm-hmm. hit my mic, sorry. Push it back and pull it out. And it just looks like a, step stool basically totally like it's like a a horseshoe when i went to crossfit la a couple years ago they had one in the crossfit gym at crossfit as if you need help pooping at crossfit Mm. (laughs) i mean you're pushing a lot so yeah but nervous poops just comes right out yeah Ah, push it sorry i got distracted (laughs) i know it's the mic we may break into song a few times tonight so do you i mean okay in your profession Mm -hmm. and in your professional opinion do you think this is necessary no Okay. And why, no, Natalia? <laughs> no, I don't. Because I think the body knows how to handle what it needs to handle. I think, could you make it easier with the squatty potty? Sure. But $26, I'm not sure it's worth it. Maybe, Maybe if you, you have just... like some constipation issues. Like, for example, if you're in your first trimester of pregnancy and you have to poop <laughs> for four days. Not like that happened to me every single week. I really wished I had a squatty potty when I couldn't okay. poop. So I think it, yeah, I think it helps. Especially if you're like, it's like right on the brink. It makes a big difference. <laughs> That's, right right That's good to know. Right I, yeah, I had never been constipated before in my life until I got pregnant, and then I, it was just horrible. Yeah, I'm not, Claire texted okay me now, a lot about it. I was like, I can't poop. <laughs> I emailed one of my friends. Her mom is a midwife, and I emailed her, and I was like, I haven't pooped in four days. What do I do? She was, and she emailed me like back like two days later. She's like, I'm so sorry, I didn't get back to you. This I didn't realize it was urgent. <laughs> so you're like, it has been. Like, you're like, how would you feel if? And like every time I went to the bathroom, Brandon would be like, Did you poop? <laughs> and I'd be like, That's Yeah. Love. But it was just a little bit, and he'd be like, "Okay, next time." <laughs> so maybe the squatty potty is saving your sanity. Yeah, but why not um, just go out in the backyard and dig a hole and like you're camping? <laughs> Have you been in my backyard? <laughs> yes, I Did would you not try go back there. Juice? Oh, I tried so many things. Uh, pickle juice actually is what, and sa- like sauerkraut juice in yeah. like a jar, vinegar. Mm. Yeah. Vinegar that helped. Mm. Ooh, I know. Yeah. Can okay. I say one more thing? Yeah. Um, this is me again. So I. I want to like add the disclaimer that again, Natalia and I come from like a very warped area that yeah. we work. It's yeah. it's totally different. But mm-hmm. where where I'm like, yeah, give the squatty potty a try. Like, who's to say there probably is some like very legit medical backup like for anatomical, like why this yeah. happens. I totally get it. Um, and when Natalia and I when we were talking about the squatty potty, I was like. Also, if you're really that obsessed with getting the most perfect bowel movement, um, you probably want to talk to a therapist about it. Um, and again, I go back to, to assess why you are really worried about that pooping. Right? So a much. lot of people become, and we talked about this in the episode on Christmas Day about the poop. Mm. Um, a lot of people can get really obsessed with their poop. So you just want to be like, give the squatty a potty a try. And also I was like, and also like it's $26. Some people are on a budget. And um, not everyone will want to spend $26 unless you're in your first trimester of pregnancy. And yeah, in which case, definitely worth it. Yeah. yeah. And camping is free. And camping is free. That's not true, actually. You Sometimes you have to pay for campsites. You're and right. you have to buy all the gear. You're right. But my question with the squatty potty, I'm just going to ask one more question. We can move on. But how... <laughs> I just always, do. So I just this do. is how this always ends up. A lot of poop talk. Why... The poop's eventually going to come out, whether it be today's poop or tomorrow's poop. Like, you're not getting any more poop out. Are you? How many times in your life have you gone multiple days without pooping? Because th- at the t- at the moment, there's a difference between today's poop and tomorrow's poop, especially if it was yesterday's poop. That's <laughs> well, what it is. I think it'll go back well, to everybody's bowel no, habits are a little bit different. True. That's like, true. Some I'm, people may poop regularly, like daily, and other people, no, it's every three days. My question well, is, let's sad. say today's poop, you poop, but... Is the squatty potty going to make you poop that much more? That's what I'm asking. No, I think you just might turn around and be more satisfied with the result. Okay. Oh, all right. So if you're looking for poop satisfaction, <laughs> what you're saying. All right. Poop satisfaction. Let's move on. Okay. Especially now that you're singing about poop satisfaction. <laughs> I ain't got no. Sorry. Okay. Isn't it I can't get no? Yeah, whatever. Uh-huh, I like to uh-huh. change the words. Yeah. I like to bring it to present tense. <laughs> okay, let's let's start with a question. Um, I'm going to just not say the name, obviously, but I'm assuming that they emailed us and we can read the question. But um, she's asking, is it ever possible to recover from a binge eating disorder? I eat great normally, but honestly, I use food as my relax and 
relaxation and to de-stress. Um, and then of course purge after I can't seem to get out of this cycle. I hate it, but I've read books and I may be good for a couple of days, then just get back into it. How do I break this? How can I eat like a normal person? It's been almost 10 years of binging and purging. Um, I've been obsessing and obsessing over food for as long as I can remember. All right. Um, we took notes on this question. Can I have it? Um, so here's what, do you want me to say it or do you Go want ahead. to say it? Mm -hmm. um, so w the question, do you think it's ever possible to recover from a binge eating disorder? So I think I speak for both of us that it's, it's possible to recover from any eating disorder, whatever that may be, or d disordered eating habits. In this case, um, I feel like you're going to say this a lot better than me. I'm just going to say it. Just say it. Um, from what this this uh, person is describing, they don't have binge eating disorder. They have bulimia. Mm -hmm. When you have a, a pattern of binging and purging on a weekly basis for 10 years, that's not binge eating disorder. That is bulimia. Mm -hmm. um, and that is incredibly serious and life-threatening. And we've talked about this before, and you yeah, guys know how dramatic you, I get. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. but please do, because I... We need to we need to go there. This yeah, is... I think that for these types of, of issues, a lot of times people are like, they minimize the seriousness of it because they don't want to freak people out. Mm -hmm. But if it's, you know, sometimes I think people need to have somebody freak out a little bit. And we mm -hmm. see this all the time of people who have waited a really long time to come into treatment and it never becomes any easier and it, the process doesn't become any easier to break. Like in order to break the cycle, you have to gain support from somebody who understands the illness. And as much as we would, you would try to get rid of it on your own, it's it's hard to do, especially for as long as this person struggled with this behavior. I think our thought too, like with, with this question, is it, is it possible to recover? The answer is always yes, with the right amount of support. We talked about, I think in the last episode, that binging and purging is an incredibly difficult behavior to interrupt. It usually... I mean, I, well, I, I don't know if I have like evidence to, be, to back this up, but it usually requires some type of um, partial level of care or mm -hmm. inpatient level of care to have like, like supportive staff, therapeutic interventions, nutritional interventions to interrupt the, the purging. Mm -hmm. And then I think this is like another side note, but one of the things I think that really struck me as I read this the second time was, you know, I use food as my relax and to distress. And then of course, purge after, um, the, of course, like that's not a normal lifestyle. Yeah. Like most yeah. people don't eat food. And then of course, pour, yeah. purge after right. again, the question becomes, why why why, why is it so yeah. hard for you to sit with food in your stomach what is uncomfortable about the sensation of feeling full and that's a much deeper um mm -hmm. therapeutic issue and so i think our our advice and our strong recommendation to this reader is that they reach out listener listener reader sorry i'm reading um, thanks claire um is that they reach out talk to their primary care physician and um, get a referral for a therapist and a dietitian at the minimum and i would also say like the experience that this person is talking about with the binging and the purging it's not uncommon for people to feel good after they engage in a binge episode and purge episode. So so that's also hard to break because you feel better when you're doing it, but you feel terrible afterwards. And I remember you guys also saying that when you, when uh, bulimics start to, what is it? When you start to kind of feed them and they stop binging and purging that they actually bloat and like mm -hmm. it feels really uncomfortable mm -hmm. so that is also where they're like ah and they have to sit with their bodies going through that so what do you, how do you usually coach them through that so absolutely it's hard to do on your own mm -hmm. you have to be with people who understand you have yeah. to help support and interrupt that behavior and actually the best thing you can do for someone who struggles with binging and purging is to have them consistently eating throughout the day so that they aren't triggered by hunger they aren't triggered by fullness whatever it might be but mm -hmm. in order to do that they have to be in a really contained setting so oftentimes binging and purging is a very difficult behavior to interrupt without inpatient treatment mm -hmm. so and it doesn't matter um, your weight, your size, your shape, any person can come into inpatient 
treatment. Um, you don't just have to be um, thin or meet a certain weight criteria at all. And this is a very serious behavior. And it sounds like 10 years is a long time to be struggling with this. Oh my gosh. Can I think you... that'd be really hard on your body. Well, I was going to ask, can you just go through again what it does to your body? Because I don't think people really understand what they're doing and the risks that come with it. Absolutely. So with binging, you're actually um, taking in a larger amount of food than you would normally. So you're expanding your stomach and it's causing it to over contract. Um, and then when you purge, it comes back up again. And because you bring up stomach acid, you burn your um, esophagus, like the throat lining. Um, you can damage the enamel in your teeth. You can obviously um, upset abnormal or have abnormal lab values, which can upset your heart and every other muscle in your body. So it's, it's pretty dangerous. You can become dehydrated. You could faint. Um, and also your quality of life can't be that great if you're spending your time um, eating a larger amount of food than you'd want to and then spending half of it in the toilet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you absorb how much of the calories? Yeah. So, I mean, with binging and purging, it's really hard to know, but just on average, people still absorb, I don't know, 30 to 50% of what they eat, even though it's coming back up. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why typically people who struggle with bulimia are a normal weight, shape and size and don't always, uh, are not always recognized as having a more severe eating disorder because they don't necessarily, and I'm putting this in quotes, look the part. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case at all. People um, with bulimia struggle uh, much more. They have way more complications. Their risk of death is much higher than someone with anorexia. And then can I just add to that real quick in terms of like the therapeutic long-term and short-term consequences of that type of behavior? Um, I think you hit the nail on the head, Natalia, when you talked about like like the spending half your life in the toilet, right? Or half of your days or hours in the toilet. Like I think about um, what I deal with as a therapist is the tremendous amount of shame that my patients feel through this cycle, right? That that becomes deeply ingrained and this is something I cannot talk about. So obviously it then affects your relationships with your family, with your spouse, with your partner. Um, And also it's something that you have to hide, right? So a lot of people miss out on a lot of life experience it's hard to travel when you're worried about finding the next place that you can binge and purge. Um, so you're also re- really having a negative effect on um, the quality of your life. Mm-hmm. And depending on the severity of the binging and purging, when you when you cannot binge and purge, they actually do experience that bloating and that fluid accumulation, that swelling, and they notice it immediately and it makes them feel very uncomfortable. They won't want to go out in public. So, you know, it, it just, it worsens that cycle. Mm-hmm. So real quick, let's take a second because I know we typically say this at the beginning of the episode, but if somebody hears something that they resonate with, what what is the step that they can take to get in touch with some help? We've, I think we've, last time we've... we've go ahead. Yeah, last time we had them email us and then we okay. would forward it to Lisa mm-hmm. and Natalia. Can you say there was a, the first time first or second time you were on there was a number also there's a 1-800 number that we can give you um i think we'll give it to you if you reach okay. if you email girlsconwad at gmail.com gmail. yeah. and then yeah. we talk about how and it's actually know, very confidential right yeah <laughs> even though you're emailing girlsconwad at gmail.com we're not gonna talk yes. about you on the next episode i mean it's confidential joy is a joy is a legit profesh mm-hmm. i'm not gonna, I, I don't, I don't actually ever my even ethical, check the emails to be frankly, yeah. to be perfectly honest with you. Joy, I will yeah. uphold my ethical standards. We would be happy to put you in touch yes. with someone yeah. in our Yeah, so don't department. feel like if you, don't feel like we're gonna, you know, judge you or yeah. think, you know, say this anything. This is a safe place. Definitely. This is a safe place. If, yeah, if, and not even just that, you know, not even just the listener who asked that question, but if anything that we say during this episode yeah. even just gives you a second thought and you just have more questions or want to, you know, either we can put you in touch with Lisa and Natalia to ask more mm-hmm. questions or we can, you know, just find you the right resource. Mm-hmm. And I do want to say, I, I read in that comment too about reading books and try, working for a couple of days. Like that's also not uncommon. It has nothing to do with your willpower or the fact that you're not strong enough to strong enough to overcome this illness. This is just too difficult to battle on your yes. own. Um, I know a lot of people that have tried to read books and say, okay, this is the last time I promise. This is the last time I promise. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And yeah. I would highly, highly encourage you to please seek us out. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the next question um, that talks about are women eating enough calories? So can we go there? Mm-hmm. Good topic. All right. So we had a listener, long question, I'm just going to paraphrase here, asking that, you know, all the internet challenges that are going on, the paleo challenges, um, she feels that uh, women are eating enough calories. So um, let's see. Uh, but what about for women who have either lost a lot of weight and or women with a history of eating disorders. Um, 
how do you advise patients who have had fairly drastic body composition changes to eat enough while taking this into account? So while you're doing these challenges that say, you know, 1200 to 1500 calories a day, um, how do you work through this? Because there's a lot of people that do these challenges and then they end up really going to a place of restriction. Um, so go ahead on that. So, so my first big, big disclaimer is I would, I would never recommend someone eat 1200 calories. That's just absolutely too low. Isn't that basically like sort of, if you laid on the couch all day, that's how many calories your body would burn? Absolutely. Let me back up too. And the, the, cause I, I missed some of this too. The, the challenges say that, um, 2000 calories is closer to what we should be eating. Whereas mainstream media spits numbers more like 1200 to 1500. Okay. And I think mainstream media also doesn't take into consideration the calories that you guys expend in CrossFit. I mean, you guys burn a ton of calories there. And um, I think the question is more about like, if you've lost a significant amount of weight, should you have to adjust your KCAL intake because you've lost a certain amount of body weight? And, and I would argue that no, I think if you are um, eating properly and exercising and fueling your body as you need to, then, you know, I can't tell you, yes, you should be eating 2000 or yes, you should be eating 1500 because I don't know who this person is. I haven't assessed them. I don't know um, at all what their lifestyle is like, but I, I can say that um, making sure you fuel your body appropriately, especially for the activity that you all do is the most important thing. Um, and I think there's confusing messages all over the place with yeah, and a lot of like the paleo challenges will say that you need to eat more and to fuel your body, but then like the the more popular media right, like diets like weight weight watchers body challenge or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't even know if that's a thing. I just talk about shape magazine's gonna be like we were. Do they still that. have bikini challenges? I think they do. Like, yeah. Oh, oh totally. yeah. God, I feel like that was back in college. Wow. I mean, when was the last time you read like you know shape magazine right. <laughs> back in college? <laughs> So I think that's, a, I, I know just from having Emily Schramm on the podcast that a lot of women struggle when they write her to join their, her challenge. They struggle because she's a huge advocate of like eating dietary fat, dietary fat and things that have been deemed horrible right, in the eggs media. and bacon and butter and yeah. these yeah. things that they've been told, you know, you should, if you're trying to eat healthy, these are, yeah. you mm-hmm. should never eat them. Which, you know, I know you're about to say like the black and white thing, but. (laughs) No, no, no. Here's actually, and again, as someone who does not do CrossFit and is not that familiar with that community and that lifestyle, from the outside perspective, that's one thing that I appreciate about your community is it does seem, and again, what do I know? But it does seem like there is an emphasis on fueling your body. Yes. Like there's no longer this idea of like low fat. And again, I mean, Natalia and I will talk about like any type of diet is not something that we agree with in terms of long-term um, healthy, happy, well, vital lifestyle. Um, but there is more of an emphasis and it seems more um, socially acceptable to like eat food mm-hmm. <laughs> totally um and, and there's a million other things with this question so i'm I gonna let gonna joy get to, get to that, to that i think my biggest concern in this question is around the numbers piece is around the rigidity of the eating and around the fixation of needing to be a certain weight um and i think that just stems from where we work and the experience that we have but i, I get a little concerned it's it sounds like this person struggled with an eating disorder in high school and has, her weight has kind of fluctuated um, up and down between the years and i think accepting where your body is being f- focused more on strength i'm you know happy that i am a strong woman or that i am fueling my body appropriately rather than um, my weight is creeping up to this number or that number is something that I would focus on. We talk about that too, though, sort of like how do you find that balance? Because at the same time, you know, like you're working out and you want to look like an athlete. You know, you want your external appearance to match the work you're putting in in the gym. And for a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, that does mean changing things in their diet in order to, you know, build more muscle in order to whatever it is. And so, you know, what's I like? I think a lot of people struggle with finding that balance of like, you know, how can I admit that like, yeah, you know, I do have physical, I do have aesthetic goals without turning it into calorie counting and weighing themselves every morning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that's a tough question. It is a tough question. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Um, well, well, two things. And there's, uh, there's a few more things that I want to touch on in this question in particular, because I think it actually will lend itself to a discussion about, um, the upcoming challenge. And what we're really talking about is our relationship with our bodies as women. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I'm like, how is this going to go over? So my question for you, Claire, right, as, as like, you know, these people that really want to be seen as an athlete. Again, I'm going to go back to like, and, and why. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, they may have a really valid reason of like, this is why I want to be seen so much as an athlete. Again, I've talked about this in every single episode, but I go back to, we have to make sure that our identities also are well balanced, right? So I'm an athlete and I'm a therapist and I'm a friend and I'm a sister. Right. And so it's just important. It's 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 totally normal and a healthy thing to want to look your best. Um, And there's a line when that's the only emphasis that you can place on in terms of finding your self-worth. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. I also think, too, like there's an internal piece, like knowing that you're strong internally because, you know, when you walk into the gym, you're able to accomplish all the things that you have written up on the board. Right. Mm -hmm. Versus externally, when I look at myself in the mirror, I don't see these ripped muscles that I want. And I think, you know, all of us can probably say that at one point in time, we looked in the mirror and said, wow, I'm not not sure I like that. Or, wow, I really look good today. You know, I think that just wavers um, because we're women and we tend to be hyper focused on our appearance. Well, the interesting thing about that, too, is that that I always think about is like that can change from day to day mm-hmm. right it's like you can wake up one morning and it's like you know based on the fact that you ate a bunch of salt the night before you're like uh or you not even you know you just wake up and right. you're like the lighting is bad or like you just are in a different mood and you're like uh and the next day you wake up and you're like hell yeah i feel awesome i told this story to the that like wall street journal guy oh yeah about how i was that uh, this guy this wall street journal guy was doing a did like a crossfit he did a thing about crossfit jeans it was like about jeans clothes. for girls with quads yeah oh and he and wanted to interview joy and joy wasn't available so for some reason he interviewed me and i'm like i've never had that problem but okay <laughs> so my problem so he the story i told him was that there was a day where i and i told the story on the podcast before but I was in the shower and I was like, dang, I look good. And then I weighed myself and I gained weight. And all of a sudden I was like, ah. Mm-hmm. And so I put, wrapped myself in a towel, went outside and threw my scale away. And, but it was like just, you know, two seconds ago I had been like, man, I am looking good. And then I weighed mm-hmm. myself and I was like, but, you know, so like that perception, nothing actually changed about my body. And this is the fear. This is my biggest thing about numbers. We focus so much about what a number means on a scale, which means nothing in life. Just like calories, you know, we can say, oh, 1500 is better. Oh, 2000 is better. Oh, 2500 is better. But truly, I mean, you won't know, right, until you're doing it, until your body knows what it knows. And yeah. I, th- I think we just get skewed with numbers. And I think... Um, I don't know. I just don't even see like what does it even mean to be 150 or 140 or 200? Like it's the comparison of like just some weird chart that floats out in the universe of what we're supposed to look like. Yeah. Like, we talked about this um, yeah. comparison too, like especially in the CrossFit community, because I know that there is some level of competition, right? Sure. Um, when you, you're competing against not only like yourself or your previous results, but also other people. I think you guys mentioned the board, um, the whiteboard. The yeah. weight, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that can be a little White, dangerous. Whiteboard, not weight. You know, for board. a second, I was like, "What is going on in that <laughs> right? gym, you weirdos?" <laughs> but this Everyone question, has to I mean, going back to this question, this whole question is about numbers. Like, yeah. You know, I'm this. I'm this yeah. height and I'm this weight and I don't like it and my weight keeps going up and and should I be eating less should I be eating more I think um throw away the scale yeah and that's actually what I was going to say so because I know we didn't like get into the 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 specifics of this question but um for the listeners you know she was saying that and she's I feel like I didn't height. read it very well no no no. she was just I just I want to kind of catch people because I think this is really really important you know she said I'm a certain height and a certain weight I've been maintaining it for two and a half years but it's been really difficult and even though I'm working out and sorry red flag um tracking every bite um I still am going up in weight and where I went to when I saw this question as I said maybe your body wants to be higher yeah and we we deal with that all the time in our work um is this idea of kind of set point theory and your body actually has a wisdom that no matter whether or not you agree with it or not your body may just want to be higher yeah um so again what's the importance of 150 you know i i I think again i go back to like kind of what claire was talking about um if you were to get rid of the scale how do you feel about your body then Right. 
And, and this is something that our weight is going to change throughout our lives. As women, we go through pregnancy. We go through menopause. Mm-hmm. We're going to probably get to that soon too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go through different things. And it's, it's unrealistic to think that a number is not going to change. Yeah. And I think like that number just plays with your brain. So like I have yeah. a, doc- a doctor's appointment tomorrow and I don't have a scale. So I haven't weighed myself in a month. And I'm like that I'm dreading knowing how much I weigh. Because like I know I'm going to weigh. I already, you know, my last appointment weighed more than I ever have. I'm growing a human like that's mm-hmm. fine but it's still just like knowing that i'm gonna have to know that number well you don't so have nice. to yeah just like don't no you can no, you can actually you can actually, can actually ask request. the doctor just be like you can go really? ahead and leave me but you don't have to share that i have yeah. a co-worker who's also pregnant and she's doing the same thing she, she was just, just like you know what you know like know. my body is a vessel for this being and like yeah. i realize i'm gonna have to gain weight and probably hearing that number every month and then every right. two weeks and, and then, then every week um it's gonna be upsetting so she has chosen not to hear it oh i didn't know that was an option i do that and i'm not pregnant Fair enough. I when I go into the doctor's office I'm like I don't really need to know my weight yeah. I just avoid the doctor altogether yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding we know how you feel it's easier to do when you're um, not a great human but I had <laughs> you know it's, it's interesting because when I saw this question I actually was talking to Natalia and then I talked to Joy about it later and I was like I think when I started distance running which I did about a, a year and a half ago I gained an upwards of like 10 pounds and I was like wait, I have never weighed this much in my life. Um, And I had to have this kind of come to Jesus in terms of like, well, I'm probably building muscle and I'm probably retaining more water. Um, And you know what? I actually feel stronger um, and I'm enjoying my life a lot more um, at this higher weight. And I went out and I threw my scale away too. Yeah. And it's great. And then I had some bacon. And I can see how easy it can be to fall into this trap though. I mean, if if you're someone who is actually numbers driven, um, which it actually sounds like this listener is Mm -hmm. numbers driven, my first suggestion would be to to try to let that go. And maybe the first piece is letting go of the scale. If you still want a calorie count and need to track what you eat, that may be a second step to try to wean off of that. Because this goes back every single time to the black and white thinking Mm -hmm. of there's no gray area. Like it has mm-hmm. to be one way or the other. Like if I don't track my calories, I'm going to blow up like a balloon. That's the thinking. And one of the other questions, I don't know if we want to lead into that. But I know one of the other questions was how, how do you balance um, wanting to focus on healthy eating and results and then also having a life and incorporating like indulgences. I put that in quotes again. Um, cause, because when we do these things, when we focus so much on numbers, when we focus so much on weight, when we focus on chal- eating challenges, we f- we leave out these pieces that are life like birthday cake or pizza or anniversary dinners um, or even just getting home late and having to rummage through your you know and having mm-hmm. to have chips and salsa for dinner mm-hmm. because you can't figure anything else out right it's like you know that's not even necessarily as this huge special event it's just like hey i had a big day and i'm having a popsicle for dinner mm-hmm. and then i'm going to bed <laughs> Mm-hmm. which sounds like a great plan for the rest of my evening. I don't think I'm <laughs> going to do that. I don't think I have any pop schools though. But I think you bring up a great point too of like your body may just need to be at this weight. Yeah. And I have a friend too who's lost a bunch of weight and she's like, oh, my weight just might... She's trying to lose more, but it's not happening. So she's like, it may just... This just might be where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I have to come to terms with that. And I look great. Mm-hmm. Like I have to just throw out the idea of I'm, I actually want to look like that. Like there were... I spent way too many years thinking like, oh, I want my waist to look like that. I'm like... Well, my rib cage is huge. My waist is never going to be that small. Like, I can't do mm-hmm. that. So I need to let that go. Like, well, yeah, I've had to get over that with um, being pregnant. I've like had this image in my mind of being this like cute little petite pregnant lady. And then I'm like, my torso is like 10 inches long. There's like, where is it going to go? It, it can only go out. Yeah. Like, I'm only 17 weeks pregnant and I'm already like, hey, guys. And then I see these pictures of women who are 17 weeks pregnant and they have like abs. And I'm like, but there's nowhere, like, stop, there's nowhere to stop go. Reading well, Pinterest, well, Pinterest. Like, stop reading Pinterest. Stop reading Pinterest. Yeah, no, Here we go with it. the comparison piece. We're setting ourselves up for unrealistic expectations yeah. and constant disappointment. Um, you can't change your body shape or genetics. Yes. And following up with that, that was very wise. You're Thank so you. smart. Um, <laughs> this is where, like, when I was hearing you talk, Joy, I was, like, thinking of, like, now nah, I'm going to get deep. Okay, you know how I like to get deep and all therapeutic. Here I go. Um, This is my soapbox. We have gotten so out of touch with our bodies as women, right? We have, um, uh, this is, we've gotten out of touch with our, um, 
oh gosh, how do I want to say this? See, then I got passionate and I lost it. I know. Um, but this is, again, where we've stopped having a relationship with ourselves. Um, what what my body looks like is going to be similar with what my mother's body looks like or my father's body looks like. Um, we've started doing this comparison against these things that aren't even real. They're not even obtainable. Um, Unless you get the, what is that corset thing that the Kardashians are wearing now? The oh, waist trainer. The oh, waist I trainer. haven't heard about this. It's yeah. like the... It, you don't need to know about it. You don't it. even just, need to it's know. It's the Kardashians. Just it's file it under like ridiculous. crazy shit the Kardashians do. They basically do. work out in a corset and it trains your waist to be small. It's not basically. That's small. what it is. It's just working out in a corset. <laughs> How yeah. sad is their life? So, so sad. sad. Mm. Anyway. I But can I bring, can I say something about genetics? Yeah. Because you're like, your body's a little your dad's body. I was like, hopefully not. But then I realized that so I have a little nephew and the, and I saw him once and I was like, oh my God, I you have my butt. Yes. <laughs> and I didn't realize that butts were genetic, but they totally are. And I was like, that's the hay butt. Mm-hmm. I, and I said something to my sister-in-law about it and she was like, Peter has that butt too. Hey. I was like, this is so weird. Mm-hmm. I just found out that everyone in my family that are all men have my butt. It's okay. My nieces are going to have my shoulders. I'm sorry, you guys. No, Apparently, no, no, my, no, my, no. when I'm, I was... You're going to embrace Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. I would, I would kill for your shoulders, you A, say, but B. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. They're going to have power shoulders, and they're going to be able to do so many push presses. It's you're going to be a cheerleader but, with um, all the people standing on your shoulders because they're like a platform. But um, I, when I was a baby, I remember my mom tells me the story about how like... They looked at, you know, her friends would look at me and be like, thank God she doesn't have John's knees because <laughs> my dad has knock knees. <laughs> but I, anyway, I just think, and it's, it's funny, like when you look back at your family and you're like, yeah. you know what, like I would never criticize that, like that body part on my mom. But if right. I have it, I'm like, oh, I don't like that. But on my mom, like. Sometimes I get, thank you for saying that too. Sometimes I get like really, I almost feel like every time I criticize my body, I'm like criticizing my parents. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Or I, your nieces. Or my nieces, yeah. And Would so you I'm ever like, say that to them? No. So don't say it to yourself. Yeah. So I'm like, so I've been, my, I mean, I'm way better than I was like even a year ago. But um, I think about like, oh, like even if I say it in front of my mom, that's probably hurts her feelings because mm-hmm. she's like, I created you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Well, when I started realizing, child. no, no, no. When I started realizing, I'm like, oh, actually, these legs that I sometimes complain about are my father's. I was like, oh, yeah, I got my dad's legs. Um, right? Yeah, and he creates amazing tree farms. So right. He's, he's really strong used, and powerful. Really use those legs. Um, again, I just, I kind of go back to this, like, just level of like, like, what are we connecting to, right? When we start trying to connect to an ideal of some crap that we see on Pinterest or in Shape Magazine, God, I hope they don't listen to this. Um, or uh, like something like that. We're losing our connection to our heritage. We're losing our connection to um, to our to our family. To uh, I just oh gosh, that's all I'm. You're say. getting yeah. so deep. I know, I'm getting yeah. deep. Yeah, I can go. I can go forever. Soapbox. I know. No, it's so good. I, it's I good. hope we answered this question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I think we did. I think body composition changes. Um, you know, how do we address those? I, I think we kind of talked about it a lot, but uh, it's hard to address it in general. There's no right answer there. I think, you know, again, going back to my first recommendation would be to get rid of the scale, focus less on numbers, focus more about um, internally what's important to you. Um, if it is results that have nothing to do with numbers, that's better for me than mm-hmm. something on a scale. Yeah. Also, one more thing. Um, stop reading. Right. We talked about this. Like, I also think we get like when we're reading, like, what's the newest fat or what's the newest diet recommendation Magic or diet pill. Right. Like, you're like lose stop 20 pounds. reading all of this. Right. Stuff. And even if it's not like the lose 20 pounds in seven days diet pill, like, you know, the the if it fits your like this flexible dieting, you know, like the anything that's like the next, mm-hmm. you know, thing you have to try right. going to be. Yeah. Stop reading and start living. Imagine what you would do with an hour of your time if you weren't reading about like whatever is the next um, the next superfood that you need to be eating. Like right. even if it's like kind of veiled in wellness and vitality. Mm-hmm. Again, that could be an hour that you're like hanging out with us. I have a, a friend who um, has a niece or a nephew and they were like, they were talking about how they were sitting there feeding their you know her brother or sister was feeding them like kale baby food and she was like are you you're seriously giving your kid kale ba- i didn't have kale for the first time until like a year ago mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're giving it to a one-year-old lordy oh how okay. the times have changed <laughs> next question next whatever question. my kids still gonna eat kale <laughs> early signs of disordered eating that you should be worried about in kids and take seriously 
I babysit a 10-year-old sometimes, and she has said some worrying things, some concerning things. Example, I don't want to eat dinner. I'm too fat. Talked to her dad about it, and he was sort of dismissive. Oh, she's fine. It's just a stage. And she says, I'm curious, what is the professional opinion? And I kind of have a follow-up after you answer mm-hmm. that. Yeah. This is this is so important. Um this is so dangerous. So one of the things that we were talking about, the two biggest signs that you can look for in kids who are starting to develop disordered eating pattern behaviors is if they start to diet and if they start to overexercise. Those are the gateways. Mm-hmm. So the biggest red flag I have here is the fact that, that this example, the child wants to skip dinner because she's fat. Absolutely, that's a red sign to me. I would not just chalk that off to a phase. I would take it more seriously. I was interested to find out that. So... Uh, we were talking before this. I don't know if I mentioned this in the podcast that Brandon now works in the eating disorder unit at Children's Hospital. And he was talking about having patients as young as eight and nine years old. Mm-hmm. We take them that young. Uh, I think we, we actually well. have even taken like six. Mm-hmm. When I went there one day, there was some six-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so it's not like, you know, you, there's a very, it doesn't really seem like there's a whole lot of such a thing as like too young rather other than just Mm-mm. kids who are too young to even right. be aware of their body. I, I think, and again, this is me kind of being the, the drama queen, um, danger ranger. Um, but danger I don't, ranger. That danger nice. ranger. That's, That's what I used to call my mom in high school when like she had a suspicion about everything all the time. <laughs> you know, she's like, you're going out at 830. Something is going on. Um, <laughs> hi, mom. Um, danger but, ranger. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so in, in one sense, like, never is too early there's no too early age to start talking or demonstrating a balanced lifestyle to your child um and however that said 10 years old to me developmentally seems very young to be talking about I'm too fat this is normally something that I think kids are starting to hear in junior high school unless they're hearing it at home Right. So this is the this is the piece too. Um, Natalia and I read this question question and we thought, I'm sorry, but dad's in denial. Mm-hmm. Um when he's saying, No, this is just a phase. Ten year old girls do not go fa- go through phases when they're talking about I'm not gonna eat dinner because I'm fat. Yeah. And I think most importantly too with kids, like if you think about what's happening with them developmentally, if they do start dieting and exercise and if, heaven forbid they start losing weight, it's actually um they're mm-hmm. losing brain matter to the the development of the brain right, matter you're still in the brain. actively growing at that mm-hmm. age absolutely and and so for them you know and we see this a lot for people that come into our treatment center who their eating disorder started at age 10 and they're not coming in until age 20 that's 10 years of developmental delay because of their malnutrition so be careful with this this is actually very serious and um you know kids you would it's disturbing to hear a child say i'm too fat if i heard that i'd be taken aback and um, take it very seriously yeah which my follow-up question is so after i read that on our we had like a little post on our facebook group which if you guys do the challenge you'll get access to um that i feel like and we were talking about this before we hit record throughout my when I think probably 19, well, let's say some high school, probably like 18, 19 is when I really started to struggle with um, body image. I mean, whatever, like throughout high school, it's kind of like a given, but when it really started to kind of rear its ugly head was like 18, 19 entering to college. And I was like, throughout my whole twenties and maybe up until like 35, I feel like when I hit a point where I was like, kind of done with this, <laughs> kind of done. Um, and I'm 37 now. And there was a part of me after I read that question that was like, I don't know if someone would have told me this when I was in my 20s, if I would have listened. And I was not to a point where I needed like inpatient treatment or even really like regular counseling. It's just like the daily blah. But I I kind of like got sad that I wasted so much time worrying about that bullshit Mm -hmm. and and so there's a part of me that felt sad because i'm like i don't know hopefully we can help some people to be like just stop just Mm -hmm. stop stop that mindset at least the mindset is kind of what Mm -hmm. i wish i would have like not spent so much time on or if we could change the focus yeah like you know you don't want a 10 year old talking about their body you want the 10 year old talking about like what activities they're doing in school yeah. the next play that they're in or whatever you know sporting event that they're going yeah. to ice cream socials and mm-hmm. then your parties and yeah i think um i'm kind of thinking out loud here but 
I think my response to that in terms of this this question and then your experience and I know some of my own joy like I think um it's less about saying like don't be that way or it doesn't matter in the end but helping people again I go back to what can you add into your life because you can't subtract shit you know you can't subtract anxiety depression um you can't eliminate fear or I mean there's days that all four of us wake up and don't like our bodies like we're never going to eliminate that yeah right so the key again you're you may not be able to eliminate a 10 year old being like oh I'm I'm fat you uh, you can counter that with adding a million other things to their life and this I think is kind of what we're talking about with the next challenge that you guys are doing is like what also do you want to add into your life yeah um, mm-hmm. add into your experience add into your character right that there's more to you and this is the best lesson that we can teach to our young daughters and sons um, and not even our like this is just chill. It's I feel like it's our responsibility as humans, not just if you're you're a mother. Well, and I feel like there are middle aged women out there who have never heard this either. Right, mm-hmm. right. It's our responsibility to each other um, to help people recognize that there's more to you than this body. Yeah, it's good to have a healthy, strong body, and it also there's more to you than that. Mm-hmm. That's what I work on with my patients. Mm-hmm. I like that. On that same note, we have a question that says, I'd love to know some great resources or the right words to say to help motivate people who have disordered thinking. And how do you approach that with somebody who's... She said, I feel it's a fine line to encourage and uplift without causing them to get obsessive or upset and relapse into old habits when they don't make progress as fast as they want to see. Um, so I don't know. I need a minute. She's establishing that this person does have disordered eating slash thinking. So she's like, it's a fine line to encourage and uplift them without getting, um, without causing them to get obsessive or obsessive and relapse. So I guess making comments to say like, you look great. So you mentioned earlier, like don't comment on appearance or something. What did you say? This gal who, sorry, real quick. This gal who, who asked this question is, is either, she's like a wellness coach. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That gives me some context a little bit. I, I, I think um, I think there's hesitation in talking to people who struggle with disordered eating. Like, oh, I have to be careful what I say to them because right. they're so fragile, and um, I'm afraid that I'm going to cause them to relapse. Well, and I just and feel like the, it feels like the consequences are more intense. And I think for them, I, I can speak to that. We work with um, eating disorder patients all day long. Talking about it is more important. You know, they actually care a lot if you sit down and you say, "What's going on with you?" Like, you know, I can tell like something's wrong. You're not saying like, oh my God, you look terrible or oh my God, you look great. But, you know, how are things going in your life? Tell me more about what you're working on, that sort of thing. Um, and, and I think it depends the situation that they're in. So if they're struggling with their disordered eating habits or eating disorder, um, then they may look terrible to you and you don't want to say like, oh my God, you look terrible, right? But at the same time, I would. Yeah, we say that to our patients I would. all the time. I'd be like, wow, <laughs> you look terrible. What's happening for you? Versus someone who maybe um, is doing better and eating better and maybe maybe they've gained weight or whatever the case might be. You don't want to be like, you look great because they don't, they don't love to hear that either. But you can just say like, what's new in your life? Well, I think just being authentic too it's like if you like and i hate you know don't mean to keep going back to this but just being someone whose body is changing right now like when i hear people Mm -hmm. say things like like you know if somebody comments on my appearance it's like i have a pretty strong feeling about how i feel right now and like what you say to me i mean it'll affect me especially it'll affect me negatively but if if somebody is like really says like oh you look great or oh and it's like yeah thanks that's really polite of you to say that hey it's really nice of you to say that but like i feel like it's so much more meaningful if it doesn't start there. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, it's just like in terms of something that is so focused on appearance in terms, you know, and I think a lot of times these, and not always, but a lot of times <clears throat> it's more sort of like disordered eating, sort of like gray area, you know, what you were kind of talking about where it's like in a way it seems like a lot of people have some phase of their life where they're affected by this in some way that is fueled by appearance and so if you don't let that be an issue mm-hmm. I don't know I just it just seems like it would maybe be able if you could come at it from another exit mm-hmm. I, don't know. I think again this is a, a as a um, a consequence of a culture that we live in that values and emphasizes a focus on appearance mm-hmm. yeah. right so when I when I think about it and actually I was like oh shit I think when Claire came in here I was like you look great um and I'm like 
what I'm actually going to say now is like, how can we lead with something different? Yeah. Right? How mm-hmm. can we be like, wow, Joy, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. What's going on? And like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Right? Bino means, you know, like, Bino means, like if somebody tells me, oh, hey, you look great. I'm not like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and like, Bino means that I want someone to say something else. Yeah. And also, you know, it's like if you haven't seen someone in a while and you don't, you're not ready to get into it with them. You know, it's like, yeah. there's always that like, oh, yeah, how are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. You know, but like. I don't know. It just feels like if this is a serious issue that you're going to sit down with somebody with, like, mm-hmm. you know, that's not what you open with. Mm-hmm. I also find, and this may sound, and again, we're coming from, again, like kind of the most severe cases, um, but our patients, Natalia and I kind of have have a reputation for being really direct, um, almost to the but, point where we're always messing with people. But is that the most helpful way to go about it? Because I, I think especially to, you know, just being in the mental health field myself, like I go there with people right away mm-hmm. because no one wants to because they're like, well, I don't want to say the wrong thing. Right. And that actually ends up making people feel worse because yep. then they're like, well, what I want to talk but about this. But do you this. feel like it'd be like help I feel like you know you guys are in the mental health field so if you go there with them you know what to do if they spit it back at you if I were to do that with someone and they like really turn it around I'd be like oh I don't like, okay <laughs> <Yeah>. that backfired <laughs> like, I wouldn't have the tools to deal with that um let me answer this let me answer first and then follow up okay. on that question because one of the things that that I see sometimes I mean when our patients will come in we'll be like you look like shit you look terrible and it's the first time that someone has actually said that to them mm-hmm. and and they have said thank you I needed to hear that because I got no response whatsoever so I thought that I looked good or people let me fly under the radar yeah people yeah. you know yeah I, I'm not saying that there's anybody to blame but oftentimes we hear from people coming in that no one in my family no none of my friends said anything to me and, and that's tough because, you know, you're someone's friend or you're someone's colleague or you're someone's family member. Like, that's your job is to call people out, I but think. But I think people are afraid to say, well, you look really thin because they're going to mm-hmm. go, thank you. And then they're mm-hmm. going to make it worse. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's a valid concern mm-hmm. of people. So what would you say to that? <laughs> Should they go around and say you look like shit? No, I'm kidding. Uh, but yes. you know what I'm saying? No. Do you know no, what I'm but saying? I think, but I think you can say, like, I'm, I'm concerned worried about, about you. you. You don't look good. Yeah. 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 Like you what's, don't go- look what's well? going on in your life? I can tell something's up mm-hmm. and you don't look good. I haven't seen you in a month or two and wow, what's up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess it just depends like how close you are. Sure. I, I think, you know, in this case, if, if this woman is like a wellness coach or a wellness specialist, I, I would argue that's probably their, their role to, yeah. to say something. Yeah. To they be are pretty there straightforward to, with it. Right. Yeah. And to protect their wellness. Mm-hmm. And if, and if you're not saying anything, you're not doing a good job of that. Yeah. So then how can you encourage people who you feel like are on the right track, but are walking a thin line? Oh, um, well, definitely, I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk about appearance. I would mm. mostly talk about like what they've added to their life, what's new um, in their lifestyle. How have they? Did they get a new job? Do they have a new pet? Like new uh, partner, whatever it might be that you can talk about that is fulfilling to them. Focus on the new positive additions, mm-hmm. and there may be nothing. And then you're just like, oh, okay, well, let's find something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but and I think you know you can always ask permission, like um, you know. I noticed things have changed for you. Like, I hope this is okay, but I just want to say, like, I think you look great. Like, you know, I think that's okay to say and say, like, I hope that doesn't offend you. And they may say it does offend me. You know, like, I'm not ready to hear that. And that's important for them to say, too. Because, mm. you know, people who are struggling with any type of eating disorder or disordered eating have a hard time setting up boundaries anyway. You know, you're a therapist. Come on. Mm. Yeah. Well said. I don't need to say anything <laughs> else. I've been talking about boundaries all day. <laughs> yeah. We're almost out of time, you guys. Oh, oh again? Wow. I know. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. We were less funny time. this time. We were more serious. We were, we were really serious. Very appropriate. I know. But it was, we had a lot of serious questions. But we can talk about something funny really quick. Okay. Because someone asked about the glitter poop pills. Yeah. Oh, oh I really yeah. wanted to answer that question. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. We don't about. know what okay, you're talking about. So they're about. like you little kidding capsules, right? Like, you know how you could like make your own supplements or whatever and you get those little sure. capsules and you fill them with your own whatever. So but they're filled with glitter. What do you do with them? You eat them so that you poop glitter. You poop glitter. What do you really poop glitter? I don't know. I That's, think that was the question. That was like, the question. Was that, have you tried it? You Should tried the spy potty. Yeah. No, I have not taken glitter capsules to poop glitter. You're- <laughs> I mean, I would try it. I would. Do you I think totally the glitter would? would do you think it do would? Do you like, want to try you? it and report back in the next but episode? But here's the deal. Here's the would deal. Would it hurt? Like, would it d- damage your system? No, no, it wouldn't damage your system. But I don't know if it would show up. Would it? What if you what ate if enough? There's a lot of mucus in stool, and it's you know sometimes it can be a little liquidy. Sorry, graphic. <laughs> no, that's not that's mucus. So I mean I don't but know. Would it glitter? 
Do you have to have like um, the light, the right lighting? Like, like a black light? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Now that would be, you have the black light like on top of your squatty potty. <laughs> or like, you know, like a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> It's a squatty potty party. I mean, I, somebody has to try this, please, and report back. I think you just nominated yourself. I'll try it. But the okay. answer is I'll that is that it. it wouldn't hurt you. No. No, no, no. Glitter is non-digestible. It will go in the same way it comes out. Wait, it will come out the same way it goes in. <laughs> Let me try that again. It'll still be glitter when you poop it out. And well, I don't know. I mean, it's not it, like will tear be, apart it will be It will be glitter. Well, no, it shouldn't tear apart your intestines. Okay. I don't know, though. Like but you may glitter. also be walking around with intestines full of glitter for that, five, ten years. What yeah. is what, the thing with the gum? Like <laughs> oh, the gum's a myth. The gum's a myth. <laughs> it's aggressive glitter. You, but then you would know. You'd be like, I have the glitteriest. And then you'd like go in at like your 60th birthday for a colonoscopy. And they'd be like, well. There's a party up in there. I'm a little bit concerned about this glitter we found. Wow. If you still have glitter in your intestinal tract, you know, and when Maybe, you're 60, you're, I'm concerned. What if you're like a like a avid glitter poop user? Mm. Like you I, abuse it. Then I'm really We'll give you the 1 800 number. Here, here, how about this? If you have a colonoscopy in the near future, take the glitter pills first. (laughs) Well, because they have to get everything out. Oh, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Everything's coming out with that. Get Get it out. Get. (laughs) That's the first get of the whole episode. I know. We were so professional today. (laughs) I'm disappointed. I know. I'm a little disappointed in how serious we were. I know. But I really want someone to do the glitter. I will. Joy. I absolutely will do it. So the real, okay. can you buy the glitter pills on Just Amazon? Just don't Instagram yeah. it. No, please do. No. Wait, I have to. I have to <laughs> no, in- I kind of think you actually oh, would need said, to Instagram it. Wait, I thought you said do Instagram. No, no, no. I said don't Instagram no. it. I kind of think I will you need to. also be you- using the squatty potty? No. Yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> Disappointed. Okay. It's just like, what's my rule? What did you say the other day? About oh, rule? no flesh on yeah. Instagram. So Joy no flesh for me. gets oh. really upset when people post like naked, not yeah. like, like lingerie photos. I'm seeing like, way too many butts. And then she gets upset. What do you people follow on Instagram? Butts on Wait, Instagram? Like CrossFit women mm. and CrossFit. Like, like just a lot of. And they just post oh, themselves. God, see, we didn't even talk about this. I like know. body parts. Yeah. Compartmentalizing. Yeah. You know how I get I know. about this. I know. So, and then she hates when people post ripped hands. And then what was, oh, and then somebody posted a picture of like a surgery they had. What? It was like, okay, it, was, it, was, it like, was a post about, it was the open heart surgery one. Yeah. And it was like very touching, but I'm like, I don't. I mean, I don't need to see that. Yeah. I was like traumatized scrolling through. So Joy texts me every time she gets it. She sees a traumatizing Instagram post. And so I was like, right, I think the rule just is no flesh. And yeah. then does she make you watch it as well? She's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, 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 no. She, she doesn't want to proliferate it. No. She just wants to, me Ooh, to know that she's upset. Yeah. <laughs> I just need you to know I'm really traumatized <laughs> by this it's photo. It's good. You're just getting but, your feelings out. Yeah. Sorry. I was just thinking about the glitter poop again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Please See, be, we needed we needed a couple moments of being silly. Please be mindful of your diet because if you also eat, let's say, corn, uh-huh. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so be careful. Glitter corn. Glitter. glitter what if corn. the glitter bonded to the corn? What if the glitter did? But then it would the corn would and then it gets too hot glitter. and then you have glitter popcorn. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> I went there. It happened. Um, also, like, don't eat a lot of spinach because then it'll be green. And maybe it, mm, what if your glitter beets. is green? Mm. You know what I mean? And we want to make sure. So it would be a very neutral diet rice yeah okay. god the bland diet yeah <laughs> bagels well I bagels. Oh. apples rice and i have a donut yeah and oh of course you can have a donut on the donut <gasps> can you imagine if you went you got to went to the voodoo donuts and had one of those freaky color ones and then add the glitter oh my god that's gonna be a party in a bowl oh my god. <laughs> or eat a bunch of no do you poop bread when you eat a bunch of beets or yes. oh yeah you betcha oh, yeah Oh, you betcha. Oh, you betcha. <laughs> Check and, out your and, pee. Like, it's really disturbing. The first time that Brandon said the first time he ever ate beets and he pooped beet red, he called his mom who's a nurse and was like, Mom. <laughs> and she was like, what did you have? And he was like, yeah, anyway. Haven't people like peed red and then they're ex- really freaked out after oh, eating yeah. too yeah. many? Totally. Yeah. Like, oh my it's God, I'm bleeding. Many. It's like one. <gasps> I even beet juice once. I juiced some beets. Oh. I peed fluorescent pink for like oh. three days. It was intense. That sounds fun. So don't I mean, after, after I figured out that I wasn't dying, it was sort of amusing. <laughs> first, I was like, oh my God. Because you always forget. Because it's like you're far enough removed. Like it's like yeah. been like half a day or a day and you're like, and you have to write here like, did I have beets? Oh God. Or it's not I like asparagus pants? where you're like, oh, I definitely just had asparagus. Sorry. But, no, no. The no, person coming in like, after me. Like, like potentially bloody pee or poop is a little bit different than really stinky like if your pee stinks i'm not like oh my gosh i have cancer if i have pee and i forget i'm like 
<laughs> See, I actually very... always forget about the asparagus. I was just going to mention that because then it's like asparagus. you forget about it and then you're like, <laughs> you're in, this, in the, middle, the middle of the night, you're like, what? The? And then there's a moment you're like, oh, oh yeah. I mean, like, why? I do you know the what? same thing. I'm like, why did I forget that I, I have asparagus like an hour ago? Asparagus and then I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. Asparagus has never made my peace mouth. Oh, you want to know why? You don't have the gene in your nose to smell it. Fact. You're kidding Everyone me. Everyone <laughs> pees asparagus pee because asparagus contains sulfur compounds and it makes huh. your pee smell like sulfur. But not everybody contains the gene to smell it. Huh. You're All welcome. Right. <laughs> that, I'm You're such a real doctor. I know. Sometimes I do know some things. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, we have referenced a challenge like a thousand times in this podcast, but we still don't have any major details for you um, because I'm still recovering from finals. I had my yeah. last finals day and it was six hours long and ugh, don't ever take a six hour final, guys. It's a terrible plan. But um, it's such a great plan. Keep updated on Facebook and Instagram, and we are um, coming up with some new kind of challenge. We're, I don't even think we're going to call it a challenge. Coming up with some new fun way to get into our Facebook group. Fun way to get into our Facebook group. That's and a fun what it's going to be. To you know, kind of add some add some fun new habits to your life, and add some um, yeah. So you know, just kind of. Make some positive changes, and um, we will probably be launching that in the next, what do you think, two weeks? I'd say in the next couple of weeks. And then the best thing that's coming up is our Girls Gone Wild 100th episode party. Big so if you're, in, zero, zero. if you're in you the Denver area. Oh my gosh, we can have glitter poop there. I was actually just thinking that. But someone would have to take... Okay, no, I got really sick No, for we'll a have the glitter poops and then uh, porta potties with the squatty potties. That's a great idea. Great. So Twitter porta potties. We're looking Please. for sponsors. <laughs> Shape magazine and squatty potty. <laughs> Give us a call. So if you guys are in the Denver area, please come celebrate with us. It's going to be a really fun night. We're going to record episode 100 at the gym at Sloan's Lake CrossFit. That's where we're holding it. Sloan's Lake CrossFit. Check our Facebook page for the details and the address. Follow us on so Facebook, Instagram, leave Twitter. Review. Leave us a review. That's how people find us. We don't we don't charge for this gem. So how you guys can show your support <laughs> is to leave Except us a review. Every we charge them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, are we getting paid for this? No. All right. Well, We're not getting paid for this? I'm going to give you a glitter pill. Wait, what? <laughs> Do I get a squatty potty? I'm putting the mic down right now. Glitter. Mic drop. Mic drop. Glitter pills on the way out. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming. This was fun. You're welcome. Thanks so much. All Our right. pleasure as All always. Right. Have a great week, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.